0: How's everybody doing? I can tell there was a great, great spirit in the room. Can you help me welcome all of our campus locations? Love you guys at all those. Hey, before we even get in today, do you like to celebrate life change? I do too. A few weeks ago, we had this really cool baptism that we didn't get to show in church that day. And we wanted to show it to you today. The spirit and the joy and the excitement and passion in this uh, young person is really tangible. Check this out. This is something to celebrate.
1: A New Hope family, it is such a privilege to be with Ayana in the waters of baptism today. (laughs) And she has journeyed with Jesus, or should we say Jesus has journeyed with her. And as she entered into her high school years, she really sensed the call of God on her life. And as she's decided to follow Him and put Him first in her life, it's brought her to this decision today to go public with her faith and to express to her faith community that Jesus is number one in her life and that every decision and plan that she makes, she has the direction of the Holy Spirit first and foremost. And so my sister, Ayana, I want to ask you, have you received Jesus as the Lord and leader of your life? Yes. That is wonderful. (laughs) And is your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Yes? All right. Well, then it is my privilege (laughs) with Miss Ashley here, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You ready? (laughs) Here we go. Yes! Yes. There we go. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, good, good stuff. Hey, have you been baptized as a believer? Our last outdoor baptism celebration is going to be Halloween. Sunday, October 31st, and uh, after both of our worship celebrations here at the Durham campus, uh, in just a moment, they're going to throw a QR code up there, pull out your phone or or, or go online later, or just show up ready to get baptized on Halloween. What a great day to remember a baptism, and uh, we are really, really excited about it. Hey, we're in week three Of Red Sea Rules. And uh, in the same way, the spirit of excitement and and passion in this young lady uh, was evident in that baptism. We're sensing this every single Sunday. It seems like the Spirit of God is coming back into the house of the Lord as you're coming back in. And these are just good days to be in the church. Can I get an amen? We're, we're on this part three, and each week, what we're doing, if you're new here, we're, we're in Exodus uh, 14, go ahead and turn there, and we are camping out on the banks of the Red Sea. And we're looking at one of the most historic powerful. I mean, I cannot overstate the importance of this particular moment in the history of ancient Israel and God's deliverance of his people. And as we're studying each week, we're actually coming up with a rule that comes straight from the scriptures that we're calling Red Sea Rules. And the first one we hit three weeks ago. Once you read it out loud with me, it should pop up behind me any second. Go. A critical part of maturing as a follower of Jesus is realizing that God means for me to be right where I am at this moment in time. Now see, that's really good news because when we go through hard times, we tend to think that you it kinda catches God off guard, right? Like God doesn't know. Listen, 1999, or, or I should say, sorry, 2019, right before we went into 2020, I just went Prince, party like it's 1999. (laughs) Where would that come from? Woo, y'all remember that? In in 2019, I said this a few weeks ago, it's not like COVID caught God off guard. God is sovereign. And so I, I haven't said it like this quite yet, but this series really is about understanding the sovereignty of God and the suffering of God's people. Sovereignty of God and the suffering of God's people. And I think in the church, we've done a really poor job People like me have done a really poor job of making sure we as a people of God understand suffering. And nothing about this season or where you are personally catches God off guard. But when you understand the sovereignty of God, you can take great delight in knowing that I am where I'm supposed to be, God is with me, and therefore it's going to be okay. Amen? Amen. Got some front row ameners with me today. Last week, Pastor Clayton King preached. Phenomenal. He said this, God's past faithfulness is our anchor for future deliverance. Read it with me. God's past faithfulness is our anchor for future deliverance. This is very Pauline. When you read the New Testament, Paul would often refer back to salvation history And draw great strength, or in the words of Pastor Clayton, anchoring from the fact that the same God who's been faithful in the past, come on, will be faithful in the future. So think for a moment, where has God showed his faithfulness in your life? Just let us sit there for a moment. Maybe one of the best things you could do this week, this is not even in my notes, you ought to Catch a journal or type it in, something. Go back and think through the mountaintop experiences of when God has been most faithful in your life. And keep those in front of you because when, when you get into the valley, you need to remember God's faithfulness in the past. Because Come on, because in doing so, we draw strength for the future. Here's the rule today that I'm gonna talk to you about. Red Sea rule number three, read it with me. Go. When unsure about the future, just take the next faithful step day by day and watch what God will do. You read that so well, I want it to sink in deep in the marrow of your bones. Read it out loud with me one more time, really strong at all the campuses and those of you who are online, go. When unsure about the future, just take the next faithful step. When? Day by day. And watch what God will do. I want to talk to you today about a day by day God. I want to talk to you today about a day by day faith. Because I don't know if you felt like this in the last 18 months. I know I have. But I have come to the conclusion many times along the way, listen, I can't figure out what the future is going to hold but I know who holds the future. And because I know who holds the future, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna try my best, and I fail at times, I'm just gonna try my best to trust God day by day. Ancient Israel had, had come to the banks of the Red Sea. Guys, they had been in bondage and oppression under Pharaoh and Egypt for 430 years. What did he say? FO? If you, if you can't understand what I'm saying, ask your neighbor. Four hundred. <laughs> Four hundred and thirty years. Like, we freak out over 18 months. Their parents and their grandparents and their grandparents, 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 This is generations. They had been in dire straits. Hard times. And they get to the, to the banks of the Red Sea, and they're following this dude by the name of Moses, right? He's the, he's the cat who, who encountered the burning bush. He's the guy who said, follow me, and then he took them on a wild goose chase. And you know they're thinking, we should have taken Uber because this dude does not know where he is going. He gets to the banks of the Red Sea. It's hard times. And we join them in verses 10 through 16. If you love God's word, let me hear an amen. amen. Do you love God's word enough to stand in honor of it? Come on, let's stand in honor of God's word. When Pharaoh got closer, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were, help me out, church, they were what? Terrified. Terrified. The Israelites cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the desert? Pause. You gotta hear the sarcasm in there. <laughs> really, dude? It, what, come on, was, there, was, was it because there were no graves over there? That you tricked us and told us to come follow you where we can just die here? What in the world have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? They left suffering, pain, and bondage, and slavery, and they're already questioning their leader with sarcasm and negativity. What in the world have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Verse 12, isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians. What? because it is better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. 13, Moses said to the people, do not fear, say that with me, do not fear, stand firm. Oh, I love it, church. Say it again, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord that he will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today you will never see again. In other words, they're about to be toast. Your enemies, I'm gonna take care of. You'll never see them again. The Lord will fight for you, and you can be what? Still. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to what? Move on, and as for you, lift up your staff and extend your hand toward the sea and divide it so that the Israelites may go through the middle of the sea on dry ground. May God, come on, bless the reading and the hearing and the applying of his holy word. Amen? Amen, Amen. Amen. you may be seated. See guys, the, the, the response of the Israelites was not what you would expect, but our response is often not what you would expect. Scholars have called this part of scripture, and by the way, you find it throughout the Old Testament, scholars have called it the murmuring tradition. In other words, God had been faithful, God was leading the people, but the moment times got bad, they started to murmur. You, you ever get around any murmurs? Do your kids ever murmur? Oh, Lord. Oh, my Lord. Kids love to murmur, right? They, they call it the murmuring tradition. And I hate to break it to you, but many of you know this. You probably came from some churches like this. The murmuring tradition lives on. Have you ever been to a church where all people do is murmur? You ever been to a church where they have the meeting in, after the meeting in the parking lot? You know what I'm saying? You have the meet, you have the committee meetings. Oh Lord, committees! You have a committee meeting, and then you see them in the parking lot having their meeting after the meeting. You ever been to a church where they start to murmur? Pastor gets up and says things like this. We need to welcome all people because God loves all people. And what do they do? They murmur. We don't want people around here like that. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't want people who don't look like us, act like us, talk like us. Or pastor talks about money. Oh, Lord forbid. You won't get the murmuring tradition going. Pastor tells you to honor honor the Lord with your money. murmur, murmur, murmur. murmur. You ever been to a a church where they, y'all having too much fun with this. You ever been to a church where they they start murmuring over the color of the carpet? Oh, they're going to paint the Sunday school room. What room? What color? (gasps) And the murmuring starts. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. And I don't know, if I can just be honest for a moment, aren't you glad we serve a church where there is very little murmuring? Come on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You might say it. You might be right. Pastor, you don't know. There's more murmuring than you think. There might be. <laughs> there might be, but I think I know this church pretty well, and we just, we just have never been that kind of place. But boy, it was popular back then. And they start moaning, and they start groaning about God, and they are in a terrible predicament. They got the Red Sea on this side. They got their foe, their enemy coming at them with all the chariots, and they are in a hard place and they go negative. And I'm not quite sure, but I think, as I study the scriptures, and I, I try to find a parallel between where we are today, I think what's very similar with ancient Israel at this particular time and where we are today is we have just had to make too many hard decisions in the last 18 months. Decisions wear us down. There's an organization called the Global Goodwill Community Foundation and I was reading up on them this week. They actually did some work where they researched the negative effects of people like you and people like me having to make a lot of decisions, weighty decisions. I'm not talking about like, what are you gonna eat for lunch? But for some of you, I've seen you at restaurants. That stresses you out. I, you know, so, but, but I'm talking about like major decisions. And ancient Israel had just faced some major decisions do we stay in Egypt in bondage, or do we follow this dude named Moses? Then once they start to follow him, they start to question his directional ability, if you know what I mean. He couldn't leave them, or they thought. Do we, do we trust God, or do we lean on our instinct and run back to Egypt? Do we stockpile food, because we are hungry out here. Do we stockpile food, or do we trust him? Go read Exodus 16 later this week. In Exodus 16, I'm not gonna go there today, but in Exodus 16, God provides them with with manna in the morning and quail in the evening. But here's the kicker. He only provided them enough for one day. And so they had to trust him that they were gonna have enough for today. And then, God is so amazing. Then when the Sabbath came around, the day of rest, on the day before the Sabbath, God would, would provide them enough for two days. Ours is a day-by-day God. He is trustworthy. Now think about where we've been for the last 18 months. If you're anything like me, you're tired of making decisions. Any of you ever go to a restaurant and you've made so many decisions, like, I don't don't even wanna decide what I'm, pick something for me, just pick it, I don't wanna decide. We've been in a season where the weighty decisions have been, come on, let's just be really honest for a moment, overwhelming. Think about when it all started, should we keep staff or should we work on site or should we shelter in place? Now we're, a lot of people are talking about should I come back to work or lose my job, right? Do I keep we're work, working remotely or lose it? Do I trust the mainstream news networks? Hello. Or do I trust the conspiracy sites? Do I get vaccinated or do I not? Or do I wait for more research? do I go back to church or do I stay online? Because my theology doesn't match up with my suffering, do I just turn my back on God and say, forget it all? I could go on and on and on, but the decisions that we have been facing are really, really hardcore. And I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I know you feel it, but they take their toll on you. The weight of it all, the stress of it all, the anxiety of it all. The Global Goodwill Foundation that I mentioned a moment ago in their research, they talk about four main detriments, if you will, or heartaches we experience as a people with all these decisions that we're having to make today. I'm not gonna mention all four of them, but I am gonna mention two, and I know they're gonna really connect with where you are. Here's one. Choice overload. Do you ever just feel like you got too many choices to make? Too many decisions to make? Here's the second one, and I can so relate to this. Decision fatigue. You just get tired of making decisions. And then if you are an analytical person or you obsess on making the right decision, Then once you make the decision, come on, you second-guess your decision. Oh, my Lord, I see a lot of heads shaking there. Then you stress out over the decision that you made. Then you start playing all the different scenarios if you made a wrong decision, how that's going to impact you. And as a result, we get into this this vicious tailspin cycle, if you will, and the stress and the toll and the weight and the anxiety and the depression that we are experiencing as a human race right now is off the charts. But here's the good news. You're gonna be glad you came to church today or you're gonna be glad you're it online because God has a better way. God has a different plan for us and we're gonna to get to it right in that passage we just read but we're gonna camp out on three verses. Let's get it, verse 13 through 15. Why don't you read it out loud with me? You did so well earlier. Moses said to the people, come on church, do not fear, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord that he will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today, you will never ever see again. The Lord will fight for you and you can be. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Tell them to do what? In these three verses, come on. By the way, I think this is a master's level class from the scriptures on how to deal with the season that we are living in right now. In three verses, God, through his servant Moses, gives us four commands to navigate hard seasons where we have way too many choices. Number one, do not Fear. Repeat after me. Do not fear. Secondly, repeat after me. Stand firm. firm. Three, be still. still. Good job. Or quiet. I'll unpack that in a moment. Four, move move on from the top. Here we go together. Do not fear. Stand firm. Be still. Move on. Again, do not fear. Stand firm, be still, and move on. Let's go get it. Number one, day by day, do not fear. I'm intentionally pausing. Some of you are a ball of stress, and you've been living in fear way too long. I've been praying for you. I'm praying that you are freed up today. As Bishop T.D. Jake says, daughter, thou art loosed. He did a conference on that one time. Daughter, son, thou art loosed. Some of you are going to get freed up today. Some of you have fear that is killing you from the inside out. I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna let this hover in the room for just a moment too. Am I going to live by fear or by faith? You gotta wrestle that one to the ground. We are supposed to be people of faith. Can I get an amen? Fear is the natural inclination. Don't beat yourself up, be gracious with yourself. Fear is the natural inclination That's what Israel was doing on the banks of the Red Sea. But we sometimes think we should fear because we don't know what the future is going to hold. We can't see the future. Don't you wish you had a crystal ball sometime just to see how all this is gonna play out? But check this out. I don't know if you realize this. Faith is also about things unseen. Do you know that? Hebrews 11.1, come on, out loud, Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things Things what? So yeah, we can't see the future. So you got a choice. I can't see the future. Am I gonna live with fear? Or I can't see the future. Am I gonna live with faith? Did you know that the most repeated command in the Bible is not one of the 10 commandments? Did you know that the most repeated command in the Bible is not love God and love people, though very, very important? Did you know that one of the most popular repeated commands in the scripture has everything to do with things like fear not, do not be afraid, do not fear. You see, part of our human inclination, our sinful side, is to be fearful. But Jesus said, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I'll put it like this in my nose (laughs) hole. You can worry or you can trust God, you cannot do both. You can worry, some of us have been doing that way too long, or you can trust God, you cannot do both. And I just wanna camp out for just a moment. I'll preface it with this. I ain't a doctor. Well, yes I am, actually. <laughs> 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 Arr, what am I thinking? I am, but I'm a doctor in theology. I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. <laughs> you saw that happen to me, didn't you? In the moment. I'm not a medical doctor. So take this for what you want. But I, I'm not so sure COVID's going to go away. It's a virus, people. So I'm not one of these crazy people who dismisses it. I, I, I believe it's real. But I'm wondering, how are, we going to, how are we going to adjust and get to the point where we no longer live in fear of COVID? It's been 18 months. And I don't know if you're fearful about it. I'm guessing that a lot of you are. Our culture is. And I just wanna, I just want to prod you a little bit today. I just want to encourage you a little bit. Be gracious with yourself, number one. But number two, how long are you going to let it steal your joy? How long are you going to let it steal your life? How long are you going to let it keep you away from God's house? It's been long enough. Be smart. Don't mishear me. Be smart. Be wise. Trust the science. Don't mishear me. But we are people of faith. We are people who believe God is on our side. We are people that believe, come hell or high water. I thought about this this week. Maybe that saying came from this passage. I don't know, they saw the high water. Come hell or high water, I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna believe that come what may, God's on my side. God's got my back. So. So fear not. Some of you need to be freed up today. I believe that if you will apply what I'm saying today, so many of you who are so frightened every single day of your life can walk out of here today and get on a new path of living a life of peace and no longer being obsessed with fear. Number two, day by day, stand firm. The scriptures is teaching us before we leave our homes or our apartments or wherever we might live, before we leave, we're gonna spend time daily. We're gonna to preach to ourselves if we need to. Do not fear. Look in the mirror. Benji, don't be afraid today. Fear not. God is with you. And secondly, I'm going to stand firm. In a day and age where many people are caving, in a day and age in our culture where people are turning against God, the culture is becoming far more anti-God. Have you noticed this? Anti-church, anti-Christianity. I'm going to strengthen my spine and with Holy Spirit resolve, I'm going to stand firm. I'm not going to cave There are some things, I said this in week one, but it is so worth repeating. There are some things in life you can't rebuke. You must just learn to endure. You must learn to endure with strength and Holy Spirit stamina and stand firm. I like how Paul would say this in Ephesians chapter one at the end of the passage on spiritual warfare, interestingly enough. Read it with me. Go, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Thirdly, Day by day, be still. Now, let me just say this. For those of you who are action-oriented people, come on, let me see the people in the house. I'm with you. You are my people. Let me see the people in the house who are action-oriented people. Like, you want to get stuff done. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you, you don't like these first three points. (laughs) Then I'm with you like, oh, come on, man. Be still? What you talking about, Willis? That's a throwback. Some of you young people have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Be still? Are you kidding me? Nothing ever gets done by being still. God says, be still. I'll fight for you. So before, don't worry, we're we're coming to people like you and me. It gets better. But before I charge out of the house to go get some stuff done, GSD as we say it around church here. Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Stuff, baby, stuff. Before I charge out of the house and get some stuff done, I'm gonna be still before the Lord. Why? Action oriented people, listen, we need to hear this because I need a word from the Lord before I go do anything. I need, I need a word from God daily. And so I need to be still. I need to, and, and this is why I put in parentheses, be quiet. Shh. Any of you talk a lot? Don't elbow your spouse. Come on. Any of you talk a lot? Yeah. I'm a preacher. I talk. That's what I do. I make make up words and stuff and I just talk. God says, here's what you need to do, Benji. Put a shut to the up (laughs) and listen to me. The the reason I put quiet there is the, the word, if you study it in the Hebrew, be still. You trace that word to the Greek in the New Testament. The word for be still is the same word that Jesus, when he's on the Sea of Galilee and the storm is raging, he would say to the waves and the storm, be still, hush, is what he would say, hush. and Remember what happened in the New Testament? It got calm. We taught our daughter this early on, Anna Grace, my sweet girl, she's in town this weekend for a graduation, two years delayed. Two years to lay, they're they're graduating today at Keenan Flagler. But when she was about, I don't know, four years old, four or five years old, we were at the beach, and we had told her this Bible story. And my little sweet little girl, I can still see her, she walked out there with her little bathing suit on and her floaties, and she got about knee high in the ocean, and she would say to the waves, hush, be still. And we just laughed, and she did it all afternoon. She hush, be still. And, and, And God's word is saying, hush. Oh, y'all gonna have fun with this? Look at your neighbor and say, hush! Hush. (laughs) Some of you have been waiting to do that all morning. (laughs) Hush your mouth. Hush. Be still. Before we charge into the day, we need to preach to ourselves in a time like this. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And then be still be quiet. Have you noticed how noisy the world has gotten? Do you ever just long for things to be quiet? Parents of young children, I know, man, this, this can be hard. But you know that you can lock yourself in a closet. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. You say without anybody else there? I don't know, maybe. Not just kidding but you control the noise level. And I don't know what I would do if on a regular basis, almost daily now, I've kinda come into this kicking and screaming, but I've learned it's my lifeline, that almost daily now you will find me with everything quiet, maybe a candle lit, yeah, I'm one of those guys, my journal, the word of God, and it's usually really early before anybody else gets up and I am just seeking a word from the Lord. And you don't have to do, you might not be a morning person, it might be evening for you, it might be on your lunch break, but we have to learn to be so. You guys remember Elijah? You guys remember Elijah in 1 Kings 19? But the Lord was not in the wind, and then the scriptures continue, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire came a what, came a what? gentle whisper. There is a direct correlation between the extent to which I get quiet and I hear the still, small voice of God. I encourage you to do this. Psalm 46.10, you remember it? Be still, be quiet, and know that I am what? It's God saying this. Be still and know that I am God. Day by day, lastly, and we'll wrap this bad boy up. Day by day, move on. Let the action-oriented people say amen. amen. Yeah, he got there. God's word saying, don't, don't misunderstand me. You don't need to go to a monastery, which sometimes I'd like to go. You don't need to just you know, sit in with candles in your journal and your Bible. Once you preach to yourself, do not fear. Once you have a Holy Spirit-infused resolve, once you, you be still, you be quiet, then it's time to get up and go get some stuff done for God. It's time to, to move. It's, it's time to get going and let God move in our lives. It's a day-by-day thing. Um, I don't know if you've, you've thought about this before, but, but God is a God who will not let us see too far into the future. Because if he did, it wouldn't be faith. C.H. McIntosh put it like this. He said, God never gives guidance for two steps at a time. I must take one step, and then I get light for the next step. This keeps the heart in abiding dependence Upon God. I'm just gonna take one step. And guys, I'm telling you, and I said this week one, I'm preaching something that's fresh for you. I've had to learn this the hard way. I've been on the same journey that you have been on. This will free you up. This is a series about the sovereignty of God. And when you learn to trust in the sovereignty of God, you don't have to have all the answers. Get you some of this. You don't even have to stress out too much over your decisions. Am I gonna marry the right person? Am I not? Are my kids gonna end up on a couch in therapy because I disciplined them the wrong way? Am I going to get my job or am I gonna lose my job? weighty decisions, I know. But imagine for just a moment living life in such a way that as long as your heart is pure and you're in a relationship with God, I'm gonna make decisions to the best of my ability and then I'm going to, here it is, trust Him. I've made so many wrong decisions in my life. Oh, How long you got? But ours is a God who covers our mistakes, covers our wrongs, and redeems the messes of our lives. I'm not telling you to not be discerning and careful. I am telling you that if you're not careful, you will get stuck in analysis paralysis. And you will be worrying about every little thing such that you don't live life joyful now. And some of you, just me saying this, you're like, Oh, let it be. I need that. It's really key. Let me let me show you something in scripture. Nehemiah 9:19. 9, the pillar of cloud led them forward. What church? Say it again. Day by day, the Lord also pours out his steadfast love upon me. Psalm 42, 8. Are you thankful for the fact that day by day, God pours out his love on you? Come on, Psalm 110, 3. Your strength shall be renewed. What church? Help me out. Day by day like morning dew. Come on. Even if I make a bad mistake today. If I'm in relationship with God and I did my best to discern what was right and I made a mistake, God's everlasting love, his strength will renew me day by day just like the dew in the morning. Luke eleven three, give us day by day our daily bread. Psalm sixty eight twenty, 20, blessed be the Lord, what, what, what? Day by day who bears our burdens God, who is our salvation. Second Chronicles 30, 21. The Levites and the priests praised the Lord when? When? Amen. Day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. Look at this one, last one, 2 Corinthians 4:16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed, what? Day by day. This will free you up. Some of you have been living in bondage way too long. And God is saying today, you gotta trust me. God is saying today, I know this is gonna blow your mind, some of you anyway. You can live life without one ounce of fear of COVID. I ain't perfect, and I've, as I always confess in my sermons, I make a lot of mistakes along the way, but you just need to know something about me. I haven't feared COVID in a long time. I followed the science. I've done the right thing. But I, I walk out of my house every day, I ain't afraid of COVID? COVID? Compared to God, what? Like if if and some this is where you need to get to. If COVID takes me out, it's all good. I, I'm going to heaven, and you and, and, <laughs> I'm going to heaven. And guess what? My kids are here, so y'all guys guys make this available. Y'all come to my house and have some potato salad. Come to my house and have a party. When they when they bring the casket down up in it, we'll move this, Austin. Y'all move this. Put the casket right here. I'm gonna be buried, not not uh, not the other, not cremated. I'm gonna be buried. The word left me for a moment. I'm gonna be buried because God's gonna resurrect that body, and, and, and I'm gonna be in heaven. You, you take COVID out of it for a moment. You can live without fear of dying. Some of you were afraid of dying before COVID even came along. There reaches a point in every believer's life where you gotta come to terms with the fact that we don't know what the future holds. But when you know who holds the future, you can trust God and it is going to be good. Come on. Now you might have to preach to yourself. You might have to look in the mirror and preach to yourself, fear not who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I'm gonna trust God today. I'm gonna stand firm. I have, I have been still before the Lord. I got a word from the Lord and now I can move on and kick some butt in Jesus' name. It, it, it's, it's, it's what, this is what God's plan is for your life. You don't need to be fearful. You can trust God and know that whatever comes For the child of God, oh my Lord, we've read the story. And when you get to the end of the story, we win. It's good. We're going to heaven. And it's far better than this place. I got two endings to my sermon today, two. And I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to do. One is really, really funny. The other one is not, but very profound. And I told the guys earlier, I don't know which one I'm going to do. It depends on how the Spirit leads me. And in this moment, I'm not going to do funny. I'm not going to do funny. I want to tell you a story. It's called Lessons from a Chinese Farmer. This is so good. A farmer and his son had a beloved horse who helped the family earn a living around the old farm place. The horse ran away, and he had, they had a neighbor, and the, the neighbor came by and said, Your horse ran away. What terrible luck. And the old farmer said, maybe so, maybe not. A few days later, that old horse returned with a few other wild horses, and they came back to the farm, and the neighbors shouted out, your horse brought back several other horses. What great luck. The farmer said, maybe so, maybe not. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the new wild horses, and the horse threw him off, and he broke his leg. The neighbor came back over and said, I see your son broke his leg. What terrible luck. Farmer said, maybe so. Maybe not. A few weeks later, soldiers came from the National Army and they marched through the town recruiting all the boys for the army. But they didn't take the farmer's son because he had a broke leg. And the old neighbor came back and said, I see they didn't take your boy. What tremendous luck. The old farmer said, maybe so. Maybe not. In other words, guys, the moral of the story is apart from having omniscience, which you don't have and I don't have, apart from having sovereignty, which you don't have and I don't have, only God is omnipotent. Only God is sovereign. In light of that, there are some things we just don't know. We need to learn to embrace the mystery. Paul would use the word in the New Testament, the mysterion of the gospel, the mystery of the gospel. There are some things we don't and we will never know. But here's what we do know. Ours is a day-by-day God. He takes care of his children. When? day By day, so I can trust Him. I can live without fear. I can have a biblical worldview and understand this whole thing in light of eternity. And I can take delight in the fact that God has my back and He has yours. And I can live in the midst of the most chaotic, crazy storms. Trusting God, living with peace for my purpose and my destiny, knowing that just like ancient Israel, I'm going to enter into my own personal promised land as I trust him and move on. And I'm going to one day cross from this world into the next. And if I am in Christ and Christ alone it will be good in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen and amen church